Hello, and welcome to the Virtual CISO Chronicles. This is a podcast that I started where I interview a virtual CISO to talk about cybersecurity, entrepreneurship, and business. I'm your host, Carolyn McCaffrey, one of the co-founders of ClearOps, a software platform exclusively for virtual CISOs. Virtual CISOs are cybersecurity professionals who consult with companies to build cybersecurity programs. To tell you a little bit about myself, I have over 22 years of experience as a startup lawyer, and I like to think of myself as an advocate, especially in the fields of data privacy and cybersecurity. I also grew up in an entrepreneurial home, so I love listening to people's stories about entrepreneurship and business, and of course now, cybersecurity. So I started this podcast to feature those people. Today, our guest is Jay Anthony. Jay, thank you so much for joining me, and welcome to the podcast. Uh, it's my pleasure, Carolyn. Thanks for having me. So always to get to start with the background question, can you please tell our audience a little bit about yourself, your background, and if you include, maybe throw in something that's not security related, please do so. Oh, gosh, I got tons of those. Uh, so I graduated from Wake Forest in 1991. So I'm a, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty old. Um, and I came out with an accounting degree. So I went, you know, traditional route, you know, financial audit with Ernst & Young. I was really fortunate to get in with them. And uh, my grades were so bad. I can't believe I don't know if I even should be getting into this right now. But it's just it's, it's funny that you asked. So let's let's go. Yeah. Um, my grades were so bad. I had to get in the back door. So the regular audit side didn't want us. But I had a uh, my sister-in-law's brother worked for the internal audit department of Ernst & Young. And that's how I started. I got a foot in the door getting an interview at the time. Um Monday through Friday. So it was, and we would audit Ernst & Young offices around the around the area. So I learned a little bit about IT audit there. So fast forward a lot, you know, I took that not that that knowledge along with uh, like the financial audit knowledge. And um, then Ernst & Young also developed an internal audit services group. So I was able to leverage that internal audit stint I had to apply it to like publicly traded companies and smaller, large, or sorry, large private companies. So okay. um, it gave me a really great background for risk assessments, business continuity planning, those types of things. So then, you know, I really got my wings under me when I was made, um, I don't, I guess it's okay to talk about actual companies. So I worked for Cineverse as a director of audit, and they were a spinoff of GTE Telecom. So back in the day, and Cineverse handles roaming transactions all over the world. They, their customers are all the major carriers. And this company will, they'll they'll basically aggregate it and tell tell. One of the things they do, they also do mobile data roaming, but they'll say, hey, T-Mobile, you owe AT&T X dollars for, for the roaming they handled for you and vice versa. So there's that whole exchange that happens behind the scenes that we as telecom users don't realize. Again, I, I hope I'm not going on too long, but so in other, we had to get through SOC. We also, SOC, sorry, Sarbanes-Oxane. We also had to, as you know, that's ITGC heavy, IT general controls heavy. Um, and then we also had to do like t like four or five SAS 70s, what used to be SAS 70 on it's now SOC 1, SOC 2 on several of the products. Okay. So I took that knowledge into audit liaison and, and created, uh, created audit liaison about 14 years ago. Okay. And so you went straight from Cineverse to audit liaison? Pretty much, yeah. yeah. And then, so how did, okay. So one of the most interesting questions to me is is exactly that, which is you go from working for someone to deciding to work for yourself, basically. What promulgated that switch? What was the inspiration? 
Oh man, this is Carolyn. I'm going to be honest with you. This is so funny. I'm going to tell you the honest truth, and this is either going to be a disaster. This is going to be a disaster, or like the best marketing thing I could ever done. I don't know. But uh, so I had to go into rehab. (laughs) I had to go into rehab for alcoholism, and uh, people wouldn't touch me. I think I actually showed up to, and this is how bad I was. I think I actually showed up to a job interview that someone a headhunter arranged with me, uh, a drunk. And so, like, literally no one would talk to me. Um, Yeah, no, wow. So I started auto liaison because I literally, no one one in Tampa area would talk to me. I'm like, man, I must know something. You know, (laughs) I must say, I think I have something to offer. And and I did think, well, auto liaison, that makes sense. There are tons of people that have never been through an audit and don't know what to do. You know, they don't know what it takes. So I focus on the IT audit side of things, the SAS 70 audit things. I mean, early on, as I'm sure you can imagine, I was taking whatever came along. Yeah. But it really quickly advanced probably three years into purely like audit prep for, for security audits. So okay. started with SOC 1, SOC 2, got into ISO 27001, HIPAA, HITRA, you know, all the, all the regular ones. And so, and we even do FedRAMP now, although really... We could have a, a whole nother discussion on that. So I'll leave it yeah. at that. Okay. Um, that's that's amazing. That's an amazing story. So when you were looking for those first clients at Audit Liaison, did you use the power of your network at the time or yeah. did you literally start from scratch? No, luckily I was still liked by some people because, you know, it was it was good. You know, people had, had some... Um, What's they they were sensitive to what happened, and they no one you know I was in a I wasn't a terrible guy, but it got away from me. Yeah. Um, so thankfully, I had some people step up. Scott, the, the one of the guy the guys I want to introduce you to, Scott Price, who I'd love to have is one of your speakers. He started uh, first SAS seventy solutions, and then a line, and, and so he's oh, done yeah. literally like probably a half a million audits. So he'd be a great guy to talk to, but he, he took a chance on me. And again, he, he, he audited us at Cineverse. He was the guy that came in five times a year. Got it. So I got to know Scott really well. Um, so he took a chance, gave me some clients and said, Hey, these guys don't know what they're doing. Can you help them pull, pull together policies and procedures? And I would pre-test them. And that's, that's what auto liaison started at. So we would just the whole thing, Carolyn, you've been through an audit now mm-hmm. uh, in, in, you know, a SOC 2 ISO, so they have different requirements, right? Yep. But really what it's all about is, and this is for the VC SOs, what's your information security program? Like, what is the fundamental framework of your information security program? How are you proving that you're delivering that day in and day out over a course of a year? That's really what we're doing, you know, from at least from an audit prep standpoint, but I would argue from the VC SO side as well. If we can't articulate what our information security strategy is and what we're doing to make sure that no, we haven't had a breach, we're covering our bases on confidentiality and privacy. I mean, we, we have to be really well-rounded, as you know, which makes mm-hmm. it difficult, you know? Yeah. Uh, so I, I guess uh, I'll, I'll leave it at that. But that that's kind of the trajectory that, uh, that it all happened and how I got my first clients. So it's funny you talk about uh, a line like that, because when you said his name, I'm like, Scott Price. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So when I was at sale through, so back in 2013, 14, uh, we used a line for our SOC 2 okay. audit back then. So yeah. he was the, that was the first SOC uh, audit company that I interacted with as a general counsel. So it's funny how sometimes things come full circle, but I yeah. want to focus a little bit on your business for a second. So sure. started as a one man shop, right? Correct. When did you start to expand? Well, how big are you now? 
I should back up uh, since I know. Uh, I, need to, I need to make sure the audience knows. <laughs> yeah, no, no, including me, seven. So okay. um, that, that's about where we've been for about a year now. Okay. So you started to expand a year ago or even before? Oh, that? no, that's where we got to seven was about a year okay. ago. Started expanding probably five years in. Honestly, I just did everything as long as I could. And then I went to um, an ISACA event. You probably go to ISACA or ISC mm-hmm. squared, some of these, these internal control and information security uh, industry meetings, especially for continuing ed, as I'm sure a lot of us have. Um, and I met, I met, I met Cindy, who was my first hire. She was, I was like, she's like, are you all right? It was one of our opening questions to me. I was that frazzled by the amount of stuff I had going on. And I told her my predicament and I, she's like, well, I might be interested in that in helping you out. And, and so it, it happened very organically, thankfully. Okay. Now, um, now we use recruiters and all the other good stuff, but you know, I still, okay. the best way to get an employee is through a friend or someone you've met is definitely the best way. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, uh, I definitely agree with that, especially. So do you use any, do you use any consultants yourself? Like do you, or is it all full-time hires? Ma- mainly are on the governmental side, the FISMA, FedRAMP. There's one um, name or Lori Crooks is fantastic and she's a good friend of ours and has helped us out over the years. Um, She's been great, and and uh, but she, her and like a couple, we've used a couple temp kind of internish type of uh, consultants as well. But um, that's the primary. The federal stuff, you know, again, we need another thirty minutes for that one, so we'll talk about it another day. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And then uh, this is actually one of my favorite questions, and I'll throw it in now. Um, what has been the hardest part about starting and growing your own business? I, I think I've exposed myself enough today, Carolyn. I, I, <laughs> okay, I don't know how much more I can answer. Um, so what was it again? What's the, the hardest, hardest part? Yeah. Oh, definitely just the client management the, in the sense that um, what we do is we CISOs and, and if we have any CISOs on the line, what you guys do, I mean, it's so broad, right? You, we're not, you know, we can never be, experts and everything. There's just, I don't care who you're out there. You know, I know I've been doing this a long time, y'all. Um, we can't know everything. So that's challenging, right? <laughs> that, is, mm-hmm. yep. that is a, and then hiring people right, right behind that hiring people that can fit in that, that ambiguity of not knowing exactly what's going to happen and what we're going to have to do about it. You know, that is a, that's a, it's a special type of person. We need people that can read and write and speak too, because, we're constantly client facing. So we have to know, we have to be able to do these things and articulate risks. That's honestly, that's what we do mainly is we articulate risks so that people listen to us. And I try not to be like, you know, screaming from the rooftop type to scare, you know, I don't want to scare people, but at the same time, sometimes you have to, as far as getting or getting to them, like this is guys, there's breaches happening all the time and we need to take this stuff seriously. Or it's going to happen to you. And so I'll leave it at that. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. It is, you know, there's the, in our industry, I think there's a reluctance to use fear mongering, but Mm -hmm. at the same time, we have to talk about risks. That's literally the job. (laughs) And so, you know, it it is, it is not fear mongering. It is trying to explain to somebody breaches, fines, regulation, loss of business, right? Because now- You can't even get business if you don't have good cybersecurity. Well, look at look at the insurance too, the cybersecurity insurance and how much that's gone up in the last few years. I mean, I, I look at policies 
they always have us review their policies, right? You know, I'm looking mm-hmm. at their insurance policies from five years ago versus what they're getting charged now. It's crazy. It's so much higher, 200, 300%. Um, yeah. So it's, it's crazy. you know, they're tired. And you, all you have to do is read the new, you know, read what we read every day as far as security advisories and, and you're seeing the breaches. So we, our marketing is done for us in that regard. I mean, the, the thing that I try to hit home in security awareness training is, y'all, th- they're making so much money. Why you're seeing mo- so many breaches is because they're making so much money off it. They can keep exactly. hiring people and, bu- yeah. and buying toy. Like, this isn't like, we're not, I'm not making this up. Just go look for yourselves. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it's it's so true. It's a business. Hacking people yeah. is a business. Getting this information, it's, using that's it, twenty four seven is yeah. That's what they're doing. <laughs> they show up to work just like we do, but this is what they're doing. Yeah. So I, I'm very curious because you have started audit liaison fourteen years ago, and I think the term virtual CISO probably started what maybe five years ago. I didn't really hear it until yeah. a few years ago. What do you think yeah. of of this? sort of new term for what you have been doing for 14 years? Or do you think there's been, as no. you said in the kind of thing early on, you've, you yourself have changed your business as well from being mostly yeah. pre-audit to VCSA? Yeah, you know, that's a great question, Carol. And again, I think it gets back to our, our conversation about it being so broad. Like, so I think you, one, I, I honestly, we could have people on the call that the v, their VCSO model or what they do for a living has nothing to do, almost nothing to do with what we do. Like there's there's a huge disparis, disparity, in other words, as, as, as to where we focus our attention. Like I think that I think the SOC, the, the security ops center kind of melds right in with this. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you can kind of go that route and you're a VC. So, right. Um, or you can be more consultative where, you know, I've just been around the block. So there's companies that, that kind of no don't even know like how to, what they're going after. And like, so we, there, there's, there's folks, that, there, there, there's us folks that have been at it a while that are able to explain kind of step-by-step what needs to happen to get this, to kind of get your information security program in place. Yeah. And then, I guess what I'd, I'd follow on with that is, um, well, actually, I'm going to change a flow for a second on that question I was about to ask, which is, who are your clients right now? Who do you focus on servicing? We do. Uh, it's someone that needs an audit. So that how they hear about us is they'll do a Google search now. Thankfully, that's actually works <laughs> and, and uh, <laughs> or, or get referred to us by one of our audit friends and they'll say, hey, you know, um, we don't know what we're doing. We're going after our, one of our huge customers is making us get this audit. And then we walk them through the process and say, okay, okay here's what's, here's what you need. Do you want help or not? So small, medium, large, doesn't matter. Cause you, I mean, you've clearly the, helped all of them. Small, really SMB largely Carolyn, but the, you know, okay. we get the large ones we get are generally, they just want to outsource the outsource their audit function to us. So we do do some of the publicly traded companies that way. Okay. And then highly regulated industries, financial, healthcare. Yeah. Always. Yeah. Always, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank God for the banks. Uh, it, it, so <laughs> they, they bring us more business than anything I could possibly do marketing wise. And then, you know, the big healthcare agencies obviously care about who's got their data and where, where it's going. So um, yeah, we're, we're, we do a lot of software as a service and data centers and um, some other specialty stuff, but those are the biggies. What do you think has been a big trend in specifically SOC 2 compliance? I, you know, within the last few years, we've seen a lot of these compliance software companies pop up That's- that offer SOC 2 audits pretty quickly. Now, you you do the pre-audit work. 
and they're they I guess they kind of do the pre audit work and the, but then they partner with the audit. What do you think of of that industry? You're killing me. Yeah, you're honestly <laughs> killing me. Like, <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> uh, I'm gonna look so bad. Like you may have to edit some of this out, but you know it's what I, what 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 I said to, right at the start. What we do is put an information security program in for a company, or we manage it. One's already in, and we manage it. Right? Mm-hmm. How are you gonna like? It, I try to explain it to people that are. Uh, debating against using us versus the software as a service. Um, and I try to say, how, how's a tool going to like convey like how to implement a s- information security program? It's going to give you some policies and procedures, but what are you doing? Like, what are you doing on the back end? And how are you getting through an audit? Because I know, <laughs> I know these companies haven't been through it. Like most of them have not been through it. So they're not even aware. Like they, they even, I think some of the tools are trying to say that if we have a green check mark in our system, that passes the audit test. Whereas any type of independent auditor cannot possibly take that. And all the independent auditors know this. Although they are, they're part, let me just, I don't want to get too far down, get myself, course, yeah. I may need you as an attorney, but, but <laughs> I mean, I'm just, I don't, I don't know how someone can do an audit without charging more because you have to do a certain level of due diligence, pen tests. Like, I guess, I mean, we, I'll leave it at that. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah, no, no, I, I, I mean, it, it, you're right. I did ask what I consider a hard question. I'm a little skeptical of them myself. I think for most listeners who understand the AICPA independence rules and these tools, um, you know, I have my own little concerns here about the number of integrations going into a stack as well, and whether those create other types of security vulnerabilities. And to your point Great. about doing due diligence Great on them, yeah. Um, I, you know, I understand the ease and I think that's great uh, for a lot of companies. And I think it helps improve some companies that may not, other, may not otherwise go for security improvements. But um, I, I totally hear what you're saying. And let, let me just add this. So what we and this isn't a sales point for us, but what we it takes us so much less time to do it the way we do it than using one of those tools. And when we use one of those tools and they say, no, we're married to this tool. We want all our documentation. We want everything in there. It's it's just vanilla. You know, you just can't like, it's, it's difficult to get like the integrity when you're just, if you're just using a software program, you can have someone on the back end like yourself or some of the other VCSOs on that are going to listen to this and, and really use it and leverage it. Usually that's not the case. That's probably the best way to put it. Like it's not yeah. really the tool. that's a bad, the tools aren't a bad thing. Right. You need someone on the back end that really knows what they're doing and has all the real evidence is making sure that, hey, hey guys, this vulnerability scan kicked off. What are we doing about X and Y? Our risk our, our risk score just went up to 20,000 points. You know, yes. those are the types of thing, those conversations, where's that happening? That's what I want to see if I'm auditing you, right? Right, right. No, and, and speaking of tools, I mean, we've seen a, a lot of development in the AI space, particularly generative AI right now. Actually, the other day on LinkedIn, I saw someone post something about a uh, pen test. It was called pen test GPT. And I commented flippantly, you just add GPT to anything these days and it gets picked up. But <laughs> but I think it is interesting the the um, how the cybersecurity community has really, and I'm happy about this, but we've jumped on this and been yeah. like, we're going to wrap our heads around this really fast. It, you know, with crypto, I think there was a little bit of like, ah, oh, this seems a little scammy. This time it's no, no, no. We're we're jumping in there, and we're we're yeah. making sure that this is all secure. How, are yeah. you seeing it from your 
from your business point, point of view? Oh, without a question. And, you know, you being a lawyer is just fantastic for that type of work. I mean, I feel like we, I'm, I'm a half lawyer, half stage, right? With this, <laughs> with the AI stuff. I mean, I thank God NIST came out with a, a at least a risk man management framework. So we have that piece covered. Um, I haven't looked internationally as far as what some of the other, I know Europe came out with AI Europe, but that's, that's, yeah, I mean, it's, it's about how you can use it in legal and illegal. So it's, it's, it helps too. Um, but it's so, yeah. So the main question is how do we not make sure, how, how do we not let all our data leak out into a, one of our employees, I'll be loading it into chat GPT, right? I mean, yeah, exactly. it, you know, it's, it's attractive. I mean, think about it. I read a lot of dev sites and try to figure out as much about dev security as I can. Uh, and, you know, just think about, they're talking about code reviews and mainly code reviews using GPT. So you're going to dump all your source code in there as well. Oh, okay. Yeah. You know, I mean, it, it, and like, you don't know that it's not happening until you kind of get your, your bearings, get your policies out. And then again, the most difficult thing, Caroline, is, that, you know, being a VC, so DLP, data loss prevention. I mean, the tooling has come a long way, but A, it's expensive. So you got to talk people into it. And then you got to really run it. There's all yeah. kind of, you know, warning messages and alerts that are firing that people got to investigate. And you realize half of it's false positives, but you can't just let it go, you know? Yeah. It just, it's a constant tuning exercise. Yeah, and and how do like if if a if a corporation has allowed the use of let's say ChatGPT or Bard or more Bing or whatever the tool is, mm -hmm. how do you prevent? Do you are there tools available to prevent company from employees from typing in certain words that may be releasing proprietary confidential information? <laughs> and if they are, are you just adding another third party into the mix? Right? Like, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's exactly. So there's someone, you know, you're going to have to have a, some tooling to, to measure the possible exit points on the data. So look at what people are entering. I don't know straight up on the internet if there's a tool yet that's in place, That's which is a funny, it's just a funny point you bring up. Like we kind of got email, we got SharePoint and, and G Google Docs. We have tools for that now. Everyone's got an agent on their device. They're on all the servers and we just kind of watch what we've defined as sensitive information, where it's going, who's touching it, right? Mm -hmm. I don't know if anyone's got. You can do an. You can you can just block the websites. You know. You yeah. Can, but but as you say, they they proliferate. Um, yeah. So sooner or later, <laughs> someone could someone could be at home that has some code or some customer data on their laptop and, and put it out there anyway. So I mean, you know, That's it's fascinating. There's just so many risks with that. It is, it's really fascinating. Uh, but unfortunately, we can't talk about it much more because we are running out of time. So I'm going to ask right. you one more like short fire question, um, which is, can you tell our audience maybe a favorite cybersecurity book or a business book that you would recommend to them? Oh, man, that's a tough one. Um, cybersecurity book. Or no, even a... Any kind of site that you visit often for? Oh God, you know NIST. You know NIST.gov. You know live in it. It's just yeah. fantastic that we have that that information available to us. OWASP.org around security, uh, application security is fantastic too. And again, all free, which is crazy. I, we donate to OWASP.org, but we don't even have to donate to NIST. I mean, that's free. So yeah. you know it. If you study, study NIST 800-171 or 800-53 is the Cadillac, but, you know, yeah. that's an implementation of thousand, literally over a thousand controls. So, you know, most people, most of us don't, thank God, don't have to go down that route. But 171 is a really good overview of what we need to have in place for every company. It's pretty cool. Okay. Awesome. 
Well, Jay, thank you so much for spending some time with us today. Can you please let our listeners know how they can find you? Uh, com or jjy.anthony at audibleaison.com. Happy to talk to any of you guys, girls in the industry, because uh, we, we it's it's awesome. It's we, we do. I love the industry stuff. So please reach out. Well, it's it's been awesome talking to you. I really feel like we only scratched the service. I, I want to invite you back for sure. Um, and for anyone else who's listening to this podcast, you can find this podcast on our Substack and Apple Podcasts at the Security Expert Marketplace. So Jay, thanks again. And uh, you got it, Karen. we'll talk again. See you. Bye.